Today, today we live in a day of relativism. And, and what that means is this. We live in a day when nothing is certain. Think about our time. 2018, we live in, a, in an age when nothing is set in stone, where everything is, is relative. Everything is based upon the situation. And you, you just watch how we think today, how we move today. Nothing is set in stone. Nothing is ever certain. Uh, everything is based upon the situation. That is the day that we're living in. Nothing is clear today. There, there is no right that's always right. There is no wrong that is always wrong. It's always relative. Well, what about that situation? Well, it's, it's relative to that situation. Uh, it, it's gone so crazy, there's not even male and female today. It is all relative. Well, is that a man or is that a woman? Well, it's, it's relative to, to some situation. Uh, there is no truth today. Uh, not a knowable truth, and when you talk about that, uh, people can't say this is always the truth. It is always proclaimed as relative. Well, that's the day that we live in today, a day with, with no certainties and a day that we can really count on very, very little. Um, we, we live in a day when we are made to believe that you honestly can't know anything. You notice that it's a day that we really just can't know anything. People, people will say, you know what, here's the truth. And somebody else will say, well, that's your truth. Like maybe there's different versions of the truth. Or, or someone will say, well, they're just speaking their truth. And you go, you know what, that's absolutely wrong. That's absolutely false. And they'll say, you know what, uh, that's just their truth. And they're free to give us their version of the truth. Um, a couple years back, I heard about a school it was actually a, a school district in the Northeast uh, that they had thought and they had talked and they had planned uh, about, about a, a plan to, to build the, the self-esteem of the students in their school. And that was their plan. And the instruction to the teachers, this is a, this is a true story, uh, was that if the teacher wrote on the blackboard, two plus two, uh, if the kid in the class was to say the answer is five, that the teacher was instructed, trying to build their self-esteem, uh, that is a good answer, but a better answer would be four. And that's what they were taught. We, we don't want to hurt their self-esteem. And so if you write two plus two, and that kid says, well, the answer is five, your, your instruction is uh, don't tell them that's wrong. Tell them that's a good answer, but a, but a better answer would be four. Listen today, understand this. That's not a good answer. Two plus two is never going to be five. That, there is, uh, that, that is a terrible answer. There is male and there is female. There is right and it's always right. And there is wrong and it's always wrong. And, and we can know the truth. That is the reality today. We can know the truth. Well, well today as we, as we start to conclude 1 John, uh, we're going to conclude this week and next week. As we start to, to wrap up 1 John, uh, the apostle Having clearly explained the gospel, and that's really what he's done for these previous chapters, uh, having clearly shown us what faith looks like, this is what true faith looks like, uh, he's going to tell us today some things that we can know. And so that's very timely. We're living in an age when you can't know anything. We're living in an age when you can't be certain of anything. Well, as we start to wrap up the letter, the Apostle John says, you know what, here are some things that you can absolutely know. 1 John chapter 5, today verses 13 through 15. 13, I'm going to read actually just 13 and 14. 1 John chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. Listen to God's word. It says this. 
These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence which we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will and he, he hears us. Let me go ahead and read 15. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. All right, again, we're going to see some things today that you can know. In a day where relativism rules the day, some things that we can know today. The first thing that we can know is this. You can know the truth. You can know the truth. There is truth. And the truth will always stand. And listen, guys, you can know the truth. Now, let me just say, this is the starting place for everything. Go back to the Garden of Eden. Satan attacks the truth. Satan comes along and he distorts the truth. The world comes along today in 2018 and says, you know what, we're so intelligent that you can't really even know the truth. I mean, listen to me today. John 17, 17 says this. God's word is truth. God's word is truth. This, this is the truth right here. This is the truth. This is the truth of God. This is the truth of creation. This is the truth of man. We don't have to sit somewhere in some office and, and try to find out the, the, the pieces of man. This is the truth of mankind. This is the truth of sin. This is the truth of salvation through our Savior, Jesus Christ. More than that, listen, this is the truth of our marriage. This is the truth of how we raise kids. This is the truth of how we structure our lives. We have the truth. The truth is knowable. Verse 13 starts, These things I have written to you. Understand, be very sure today, drive down this stake. The written word of God, our Bible, is the truth. Here's what I'm afraid. I, I'm afraid that we have spent a couple of generations tiptoeing around, acting like we're not sure if this is the truth. You know what? I, I don't want to impose my truth on you. And maybe you've got a different version of the truth than this truth. And so we've spent a couple of generations tiptoeing around, acting like we're not sure this is the truth. Now, worse than that, uh, we've been tiptoeing around, acting like we're not sure if the truth will hold up. And so if I say, you know what, this is what the creation account says according to God, I'm not sure that's going to hold up. And so we tiptoe around that. We've, we've been tiptoeing around, acting like we're not sure if the word of God will stand. Well, let me just tell you today, I am convinced it is the truth. And because it is the truth, it will always stand. And so understand this today, we can know the truth. Nothing else, if nothing else comes out of this men's lunch, if nothing come else comes out of these days, let us be men that know this is the truth of God's word. We hold the truth. Let us be men of the truth. That's the first thing, we can know the truth. Second thing is this, we can know how to be saved, and more than that, we can know that we are saved. Now, I want you to hear that very carefully, because this is the truth, and it's the truth of all things, it's the truth of salvation. Today, we can know how to be saved, and even better than that, more impactful than that, we can know 
if we are saved. On the authority of God's word today, as I'm speaking to you, you can know you're saved. Do you know how many people today aren't sure? I run into people and maybe there's a funeral or maybe there's some event and I go talk to them and and ask them, are you sure about your eternity or are you sure that you have peace with God? And and people say, well, I hope so. Well, I I think so. Well, my my granny, we used to all go to church as kids and I haven't haven't been in that life in some time, but but I'm sure hoping so. Or Or there's folks and they're trying to do something in order that they might prove something. They, they'll say, you know what, I, I'm going to church and I've done these things and I've, I've tried to clean up my life and they're trying to, to add something to their life that they might be able to know that they have eternal salvation. John says this, he wrote these words, the truth here in God's word, that you may know that you have eternal life. Listen, how to have eternal life is very clear. God's word tells us by faith in Jesus Christ. Listen, you can know today, sure as sure as sure, you can know that you are saved. Now, let me just think about that for just a second. You can know how to be saved, yes. You can know if you are saved. Where you're sitting today, you can know if you're saved. Let me think about that. Why is that important? Why does that matter? Why, why is that a big deal? John says, listen, I'm wrapping up the letter. We've talked about the false teachers. You can know you're saved. Why is that a big deal? Let me give you three reasons very quickly. The first reason is this. So you can have peace. So you can have peace. Jesus says that he came to give peace, not as the world gives, I give, is what Jesus says. He says that he gives peace that the world can't understand. It is so outside of the realm of the world's peace, the world cannot understand it. The world's peace is uncertain. The, the world's peace is fleeting. Oh, you might have peace for a season. You might have peace for a time, but it never lasts. Listen, the peace of Jesus Christ will stand. If you don't know if you're saved or not, you can't have any peace. And I I watch people and they say, well, I'm not sure, I hope, or I'm hoping these good works are gonna be enough, or I I, I adhere to some belief set that says I can't know until I honestly get there. Listen, those people can have no peace. I don't care what they say, they can have no peace. There is only peace when you know it is settled by faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus says, this world is hard, this world is tough, there's gonna be sickness and cancer and illness and death, and you know what? In the midst of all of that, you can have peace. You know what? I know I'm saved. First thing is this, you can have peace. Second reason it matters is this, and we, we might overlook this. It's so you can tell others. The reason you, it's a big deal if you know that you're saved is that you could tell others. Now, what that looks like is this. And I'll, I'll tell you, I can see this all the time. If you're not sure that you're saved, you're not going to be too worried that somebody else gets saved. And if you're not sure I have a bedrock foundation that I am saved by faith in Jesus Christ, you're not going to be too concerned about those that are lost around you. You see, your eyes are always on yourself. Well, did I mess up too bad this day? Well, am I so far in my sin that I'm not saved on this day? Maybe my faith isn't great enough. And your eyes are always fixed on yourself. Your concern is always on yourself. But when you know and you're sure in your knowledge, then you can turn to other people. 
I believe that's a big deal. If you're not sure that you're saved, you're not going to be worried about other lost people. But when you know that you know that you're saved and it's a certain thing, you can turn your eyes to other people. Third reason this is a big deal is this. It is so you can, listen to this, fully worship Christ. Now, this is something that, that's new, something I've recently added. I, I would have told you those two things there. You know what? You need to have peace. You need to know you're saved. You know what? You want to lead others to Christ. You need to know you're saved. This is something that, that I've recently added. It is so that you can fully worship Jesus Christ. Now, now what does that mean? It is when you know that you are a sinner. It is when you know that you're lost and you're hopeless in your sin. It is when you know that in your sin you're condemned and you're standing under the wrath of God. Listen, the Bible says God has stored up his wrath. You are under the waiting wrath of God in your sin. The Bible actually says you're an enemy of God. It is when you know that you need a Savior. Oh, listen, I I need a Savior. I'm stuck, dead, condemned in my sin. God's wrath is waiting to be poured out on me. It is when I know that I need a Savior. It's when you know that Jesus came and he lived a life with no sin. And I I know that. It's when you know that he, he died on the cross, that he goes and he's nailed to the cross and he dies as my payment for sin. It's when you know that he's risen from the dead and he reigns today. It's when you know that by faith, by faith, no no effort of your own, no duty of your own, no work of man. It's when you know that by faith you have received his grace and that by faith in Jesus Christ that you are surely saved. It's when you understand sin and when you understand lostness and when you understand the cross and you understand the resurrection and you understand all of that comes to you by faith. It's when you understand that that you can finally say, all hell the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate for all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Listen, you can't truly worship Jesus until you know you are saved. What an awesome thing. What an awesome thing. I can know I'm saved. I didn't do anything. It's in his grace by faith. And then I can truly worship Jesus Christ. Third thing we can know. Third thing we can know is this. Second thing we can know that we're saved. Third thing we can know is this. We can know that God hears our prayers. John's wrapping up this letter. He says, let me tell you some things that you can know. You can know the truth. You can absolutely know the truth. You know what else you can know? You can know you're saved. And having known your salvation, you can tell others about Christ. You can have peace when you sleep. And you can worship our Savior, Jesus. But he also says this. You can know that God hears our prayer. Verse 14 again. This is the confidence which we have before him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we've asked from him. The word confidence says this. This is the confidence which we have before him. The word confidence You go to the original language and you break it down. It's a little bit different than we would think. It actually means this, freedom of speech. That's that's the expression of that word. Now, what that means is this. Before God, 
I can come and I can speak not in uneasiness. Can you imagine a sorry sinner like me coming to the throne of a gracious, holy, perfect, pristine God and coming outside of Christ? I, I can come and I can come not in uneasiness. I can come and I don't have to come in timidity. I don't have to come up there and shrink back and slide up there. The Bible says, in fact, I can come boldly. And so listen, I can come to, to God and I can seek his direction. Oh, Lord, that you would lead my path, that you would lead my steps. I can come, and I can come in confidence and freedom of speech. Lord, that you would direct my path. I can come, and I can confess my sin. I don't have to slide up there and come up there and say, I'm not sure about this. I can come and say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I can seek his empowerment boldly. I can seek his, his direction. I can seek his resources boldly. And he, God, the creator of all things, hears our prayers. As those that are saved, the promise of God, the truth of God's word is this. When we pray, we're not just speaking good thoughts. Sometimes people don't think, well, I'm, I'm sending you some good thoughts. That's not a prayer. When we pray, we're not speaking good thoughts. We're not sending good vibes, either in their direction or in his direction. When we pray, we're not sending good vibes. When we pray, listen, we're not wishful thinking. Sometimes, well, things are so bad, I'll just, I'll just offer up a bunch of, of wishful thoughts. When we pray, the Bible says we have the ear of God. We have the ear of the mighty, powerful creator of all things, and he hears our prayers. What, what a marvelous thing. What a, what a tremendous thing. Listen, when I come to God in prayer, he hears my prayer. What an, what an awesome thing. Let me, let me just say this as we wrap it up. Today in a wishy-washy world, today in a world of uncertainty, today in a world of relativism, when it's all going back to the circumstance, as followers of Jesus Christ, we can know. We can know. We can know. Listen, our foundation's gonna stand. I don't have to worry today. It looks like a pretty rough go out there. Listen, I don't have to worry. My anchor's gonna hold. As a follower of Jesus Christ, I can know. You can know. We can know. Glad you're here. I'm gonna ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Glad you were here today. Dear Father, we come. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your grace shown to sinners. I'm thankful that you're forgiving, that you give new starts, restoration, the forgiveness of sin. I'm thankful that we can know that we know that we know we have eternal life. And it wasn't because we did something or able to keep on doing something. It's settled in the cross and faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that that would give us peace tonight. I pray for men in this room that that's not a settled fact. I pray that they would settle it in the hearing of your word. I pray for us as we leave here and we see the crud and the hurt and the harm of this world that we would walk with peace because we know we're saved. Lord, I'm thankful that we know the truth. And I pray we wouldn't be deluded into thinking we can't know it. I pray that we would grab the Bible. And we would, we would read about you and we would read about your character and your nature. We would read about our great salvation. We would read the direction for our life and the expectation for our eternity, that we'd be people of your truth. And Lord, I'm thankful for the privilege of prayer. 
I pray that even now as I'm praying that I can't believe it, the, the creator God of all things hears this prayer. Lord, we love you today. We praise you. We thank you. We worship you. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.